The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Would you build a house without a foundation? Would you have a child and not name it? Would you let a stranger squat on your property? No, of course not. So why should the Internet be any different? Every week, speak with top domain experts. Learn how to make money with domains. Know your legal rights. Each week, join our expert host to be master of your domain. Right here on Domain Masters. Welcome to Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts. I'm your host. Uh, This is a show where you learn to be the master of your domain. We discuss domains from many different perspectives, including legal rights of owners and trademark holders, domain value and monetization strategies, how to utilize domains to drive traffic to your business or gain favorable position in the search engines using the domains. I even discuss power tools of the trade and power players in the industry. Domain Masters brings it all to you week after week right here on webmasterradio.fm. Again, I'm Victor Pitts, and I'm your host. Tonight we're going to be joined by David McGuire, who attended and observed the recent ICANN meeting in Australia. David's going to update us on the major takeaways from this ICANN meeting. We'll be uh, returning back with uh, David as our guest right after we come back from this commercial break. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. How do you choose the right affiliate network to partner with? The answer is simple. MarketHealth.com, where health and wealth connect. Established in 1998, the MarketHealth.com affiliate network allows you to market and promote the world's leading health and beauty offers on the net. Start making recurring income and the highest payouts in our industry. Choose from over 50 of the hottest selling offers, ranging from herbal supplements, skincare, vitamins, beauty products, weight loss, and much more. Sign up for free at MarketHealth.com and start making money today. Have a good weekend, Andy. See you, Andy. Hey, Jan, why are all the coders leaving so early? Doesn't your department have a deadline of, like, midnight or something? Me and my staff are here all night. I saved money on my staffing budget by outsourcing a lot of work to offshoring.com. I told them I needed a coder, and they sent me profiles fast. My staff just filled in the little details, and now we're having margarita night. Offshoring.com. Fast, inexpensive, excellent, and on time. Offshoring.com. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebAuthor.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to prwebauthor.com for 25% off. PR Web, the premier online news release and content distribution service. Fired up with Gordon Rudo. Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to 
to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes! <laughs> master of my domain. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to Domain Masters. I'm Victor Pitts. I'm your host, and you're listening to it right here on webmasterradio.fm. Tonight, we're joined by David McGuire, who attended and observed the recent ICANN meeting in Australia. David's going to update us on some of the major takeaways from this ICANN meeting. A little bit about David first. Uh, David's based in Washington, D.C. Uh, he is uh, working for a company called uh, 463, and uh, where he is the vice president uh, of that company. Um, he uh, foresaw uh, public-facing communications across all different types of, uh, of issue areas, including privacy, national security, or national security, copyright, and online free expression, in addition to acting as a spokesman for the organization. David's also played an active role in developing organizational policy, policy positions, particularly in the area of Internet governance. Uh, before that, David was a reporter for the Washington Post, uh, dot com, where he covered technology policy on Capitol Hill. Um, this work on issues such as file sharing, distribution, uh, distributed denial of service attacks, spam, spywares, all these things that haunt us each and every day. Uh, David was involved in uh, reporting on that on a regular basis uh, in the, both the electronic and the print editions of the Washington Post. In his capacity as a reporter, David was recognized as a national expert on tech pol- uh, technology policy issues and was a regular guest on the national broadcast outlets. Uh, David came to the WashingtonPost.com from NewsBytes, the first national newswire to exclusively cover technology. He's a native from Washington, D.C., has a bachelor's degree in journalism from San Francisco State University, and lives in Alexandria, Virginia. So we want to welcome you, uh, David, to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Well, listen, there was a lot of things, David, that uh, happened at this uh, ICANN meeting, and uh, many of them which have some you know, historic uh, implications. And I know one is there's a, and we want to kind of go a little bit into each one of them and get your major takeaways and, and certainly tell me if I've missed anything, but there's a, a new CEO um, of ICANN and, and so the, in this transition uh, and, and the selection of the new person, that, that's something that we want to talk about. Um, also, uh, the, the agreement between ICANN and the United States, I know that there, that is something that's being discussed is that agreement to, is due to expire in the, in the near future and, and what might happen uh, going forward. Uh, and, and there's also the, the new uh, TLDs that's on the lips of a lot of people these days, uh, both uh, corporations, uh, trademark brand holders, demeanors, everybody's talking about it and, and curious as to uh, what, what it's going to mean to them and how it might change the industry. So those are some of the takeaways we'd like to talk about and certainly anything else that we missed. Um, in, in general, what was the uh, attendance and the the activity level like at this ICANN meeting compared to uh, perhaps any other one that you might have been to? Uh, great. Well, uh, happy to talk about all those things. It's uh, obviously an interesting time for the organization. I just would say at the outset that uh, I have several clients in the space, and I just would offer any observations here uh, just on my own behalf as someone who attended the meeting and participated. Um, so... Uh, uh, the meeting was pretty well attended. Um, uh, uh, outgoing President Paul Toomey is Australian and, uh, and, and is based in Sydney. Uh, and this was his last meeting as, uh, as President and CEO of the organization. So um, uh, it was very well attended. Um, the, uh, I'm given to understand that the conference hotel, if this is any indication, uh, the, the hotel block sold out uh, faster than it ever had before, and I, I know this pretty well because I was staying three blocks away. Um, 
So uh, uh, very well attended meeting. There's a lot of, as you mentioned, big, big issues on the plate right now for ICANN. Um, and this is a pivotal time. Um, just to talk briefly about the joint project agreement, as you mentioned, the, the, one of the key agreements between the U.S. government and ICANN, that agreement is set to expire in September, which is before the next ICANN meeting in Seoul. Um, so uh, unless, that, unless that, 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 that agreement is, re, is, uh, is, is renewed or, or changed or, or, or a new version is, is created between now and then, uh, this will be ICANN's list will have been ICANN's last meeting um, uh, under that JPA arrangement, uh, Joint Project Agreement arrangement. Um, so that's, that's a pretty big deal. Um, uh, nobody's really sure what's going to happen with the agreement. The, the Department of Commerce, which oversees the agreement, is currently uh, reviewing responses uh, to a notice of inquiry that it put out. Um, uh, and are expected to, to come up with uh, some recommendations or some response uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, but, but for now, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot up in the air with regards to ICANN. And I don't know if there's an order you want to sort of take it in, but, uh, but, but all, all of those issues are on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, well co- kind of coinciding with that, so this, uh, this agreement between ICANN and the United States government, you say, is, is due to expire in September, which is before the, the next uh, ICANN meeting. So was there any sort of hint as to which direction this thing is going, or is this these types of decisions made, um, you know, at a different level within the ICANN organization, U.S. government, and, and is not something that publicly the public has knowledge of? Well, the public has knowledge of it. You know, it's, it's interesting. ICANN has been saying for um, the, the, the current joint project agreement, I believe, has had a three-year term, and ICANN started saying halfway through that term uh, in 2007 that, that, that it should end. Um, uh, just by way of background, and I, I don't know how much, back, how much uh, folks know about this stuff, but there are two, two key contracts that ICANN has with the U.S. government. Uh, one is this joint project agreement, and one is uh, the contract, procurement contract to operate with the IANA function, um, uh, which... Uh, Arguably, that second contract, that IANA function contract, is the one that, that gives ICANN its, its, its authority to make changes to the route, right? Um, not even arguably. That's really, that's really the case. Um, the JPA, this, this contract that's, the, that's, that's uh, under, under discussion now, uh, what makes it important is that it's been the key vehicle by which the U.S. government has guided ICANN. And, uh, and, 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 and asked ICANN to make changes or to uh, improve its operations, to be more accountable. All these things sort of have come through the JPA. Since the IANA function is a simple procurement contract, that, doesn't, that really hasn't been uh, as much uh, a tool for that. Uh, so the JPA, um, probably the most important thing about it is it's been the way in which the U.S. government has exerted some level of, 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 uh, of accountability over ICANN, uh, asking it to, to, for instance, improve its transparency or what, whatever other issues uh, you right. may have with the organization. Um, and, and what some, some people sort of in the space have said, and this is mostly U.S. people, I, I should say, uh, people outside of the U.S. Are, are pretty eager to see the joint project agreement end. Um, uh, by and large, uh, but uh, but uh, but people, what many businesses and public interest groups in the U.S. have said is, um, once that agreement 
goes away, there's a concern that ICANN will be accountable only to itself, um, uh, which for many people is a little bit concerning. Um, and uh, and that uh, uh, that sort of that now is is up in the air, right? ICANN wants the agreement to end. It's unclear whether the new U.S. whether whether the new um, uh, people in charge at the at the Commerce Department uh, what they're going to think. You know, they've got this a ton of responses to their recent notice of inquiry to sort through, and they're going to come up with some recommendations soon. Um, uh, and we'll just have to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Now, there's also a new um, new chief in charge of uh, ICANN, as you say, with uh, Paul Torme uh, going out. So, tell us a little bit about this uh, transition in leadership, and and um, a little bit about uh, the the selection process. Maybe if you know anything about that, or the person that was chosen, and and uh, how it might tie in also to this expiration of the uh, or possible expiration of this joint projects agreement. I, I don't know much about the process for choosing him, but I do know that their choice was was both surprising and 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 very well received, at least by the communities that I that I follow. Um, uh, surprising in that the, the gentleman they chose, uh, Rod Beckstrom, is an American. Um, and uh, uh, for people not familiar with the background of ICANN, one of the, the biggest recurring complaints about ICANN um, uh, from the international community is that it is that it is too U.S. centric. Uh, obviously, the, the the ICANN was created by the, U- the U.S. government, sort of authorized ICANN to do its work. Um, there remains a traditional and historic uh, connection between them, although ICANN is autonomous. And, and by and large, the U.S. government does not interfere with its operations. Um, uh, the U.S. government has a, a, a level of, of sort of veto power, I guess you could call it, that, that other, other governments do not have over, over the ICANN process. Um, so uh, the... Um, so anyway, there's there is a there's a popular perception that that ICANN is too too U.S. centric, and it was widely surmised um, in ICANN circles that, that that the next president would be a non-U.S. person. Um, and so it was surprising that they chose Rod Beckstrom. Rod uh, is uh, the former director of the U.S. National Cybersecurity Center within the Department of Homeland Security. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. He also was uh, the founder and CEO of a risk management software company called Cats Software. Um, so he has business experience, he has nonprofit experience, he has government experience, and he has extensive cybersecurity experience, which obviously is incredibly relevant. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's tough to tell. Um, people are always very nice when, when someone is accounted, but, but there seems to be really genuinely positive response to him uh, as, as, as a CEO, and he, he seems, uh, just my personal takeaway, he seems very poised um, and, and well-suited uh, to the work uh, that ICANN has ahead of it. Gotcha. Um, one of the, um, the, big, the big topics of discussion that's been going on for, for quite some time, I remember I was first uh, asked about it and actually uh, was asked to be on a panel about it in, in Paris last year, uh, at the ICANN, just before the ICANN meeting at the uh, Domain Fest that was there, um, what uh, is on the topic of a lot of people's minds is these the new TLD extensions and the liberalization, if you will, of of the new TLDs, uh, making it easier for people to bring a new extension to the marketplace. Um, so uh, this was uh, this was a topic or, or a point of interest, I know, for for a lot of folks that was there. 
tell us a little bit about that and, and some of the takeaways regarding the new uh, TLDs and, and uh, process and discussion around that? So, I mean, so the bottom line with new TLDs is, is they're happening, right? I mean, this is, at this point, uh, the discussion is not whether new TLDs are going to happen, but how they're going to happen and when they're going to happen and, and, and what that implementation is going to look like. Um, uh, ICANN is still predicting the first new TLDs, I believe. I, I don't want to hold myself to a quarter, but I believe the second quarter of, of, of 2010, so soon. Um, I think that might be a, a bit of an um, optimistic uh, prediction. But at any rate, we will see sometime in the next year or two uh, the introduction of new top-level domains. <clears throat> the big debate now is really led by the intellectual property community, um, or probably one of the biggest debates, I should say, is led by the intellectual property community, uh, which is extremely concerned about the, the new TLD round. Uh, the intellectual property community um, fears that um, they will just, the, the new TLD round is just going to gouge them in terms of defensive registrations, that they're going to have to go out and register their marks uh, in uh, in every possible name. And, I mean, I've heard, for instance, that, you know, you know companies like, you know, there's, there's companies that have tens of thousands of, of, of domains uh, that they defensively register already in ComNet.org. Um, and, you know, this is conceivably extending that out by a factor of a 1,000. Um, so, so they have been working a lot to address this issue. Um, there was a panel of... Um, of intellectual property experts and some folks from the registry and registrar communities, but, but mostly intellectual property people, uh, called the IRT, um, the Implementation Recommendation Team, uh, that uh, present, presented its findings at this ICANN meeting. And the IRT basically set about finding ways to protect um, um, trademarks in the new TLDs. Uh, these, this is a pretty contentious uh, set of recommendations and that it was uh, viewed by many people on sort of the registrant side of things. Uh, and this obviously is pretty important for, I guess, listeners to the show as being overly restrictive in favor of, uh, of, of trademark owners. Um, uh, one of the things is they want to create this list, this master list of globally famous or globally protected marks that people just simply cannot register names in. Um, uh, and there are several other programs intended to help them take names down quickly and, and easily if, if they're infringing, sort of you know, a, a wide range of um, remedies uh, and preventive measures, uh, all, all designed uh, in theory to prevent people from uh, abusively registering domains. Some people argue that those, those anti-abuse mechanisms, in effect, will really limit uh, uh, the legitimate uses of, of new TLDs. For instance, one of, the, one of the groups that's pretty troubled by this is the sort of public interest community, um, the civil liberties community, who say, look, you know, I, you know th this is really going to limit the capacity of people to, for instance, make a critical comment about a famous firm, you know, you know the, the classic, you know, XX company sucks, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, just by making it impossible to, to register that name. Uh, on a sec sort of secondary note, which I found really interesting, another argument against it, one, another argument that the new TLD round is facing is that countries, uh, nations, sovereign nations, want to limit the ability of um, 
registries of these new domains to sell uh, uh, second-level domains that are the, the, that are the names of countries, right, or, or are close to the names of countries. Mm-hmm. And why this is important is, for instance, say one of the one of the uh, new TLD bidders that was really, um, or potential new TLD bidders that was that was there at ICANN was Dot Food. So what would happen if you wouldn't be able to register Italian Dot Food or French Dot Food because the, the, those nations would have to approve it first, right? I mean, this is obviously a pretty substantial restriction. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, those are I would I would assume, although this is not my my area of expertise, but I would assume that that, that those would probably be the two most pop, most uh, most valuable uh, properties in a dot food domain um, uh, or close to it. Uh, so so these are the kinds of questions that are being debated now, and sort of where I can comes out on them is going to have a huge effect on what the new do, new domain round looks like for registrants. Oh, wow. it's got uh, a lot of implications to a lot of people. You know, yeah. No matter whether it's a brand holder or or a, a, a domain investor, uh, each of us uh, will be impacted by whatever that decision is. Well, folks, we're going to break real quick for some uh, commercials and pay some bills. We'll be back in just a few minutes with David McGuire, who's vice president of 463 Communications. You're just minutes away from more Domain Masters. The question is, are you still master of your domain? Stay tuned. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan from the Daily Searchcast. You know, we love bringing you the news every day, and that's made possible by the sponsorship of BruceClay.com. They've just made Inc. Magazine's list of the fastest-growing private businesses. They've exhibited and sponsored at my conferences from the very beginning. Bruce has got that long-standing search engine relationship chart, had been out there with the code of ethics, been a search engine expert in the field for ages. But did you know that Bruce Clay can do more than help you with just SEO? They can do PPC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding. Everything you need for success in the online marketplace, you can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years, offices worldwide, they've got answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Bruce Clay Incorporated. Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash ontarget. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Hey, affiliates. Do you find it a challenge monetizing traffic from the U.K., France, or India? You need offers that will appeal to all of your visitors, no matter where they come from. AdsMarket.com has met this challenge and has turned it into a science. AdsMarket.com gets results for publishers and advertisers with a winning formula. The combination of offers, worldwide traffic, and AdsMarket's up-close and personal media management is exactly the boost needed to monetize international audiences. AdsMarket.com, the science of performance. LPO, landing page optimization. Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the advertising channel. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Domain Masters. You're still master of your domain. Yes! (laughs) Master of my domain. Here's your host. Welcome back, everyone, to Domain Masters. My name is Victor Pitts. I'm your host. Uh, Tonight, we're joined by David McGuire 
Uh, David McGuire attended the recent uh, ICANN meeting in Australia, and uh, David's going to update us on the major takeaways from this ICANN meeting. Tell us about some of the other, uh, uh, you know, I know that they're typical with uh, ICANN. Um, it, there's, there's always a lot of debates. <laughs> a lot of issues are being discussed. You have people representing different points of view. They have an opportunity to voice their opinion. What are some of the other areas of discussion there that uh, you found uh, interesting or, or um, uh, perhaps uh, have significant implications on the industry going forward? Well, one of the most interesting and, and really loudest debates, this was a debate that, that uh, was held, I think, sort of early on in the conference. It was scheduled for an hour and a half. It ended up going three hours. Um, was the question, was over the question of registry, registrar, uh, vertical int- integration or separation, uh, which is the idea, obviously, now, if you are a registry, you can't also be a registrar uh, for for the same name, right? This is you know, I can created the structural separation in order to create competition in the space. Um, and it created the registry registrar model, the wholesale retail model, um, which has been you know you'd have to argue fairly effective in in creating competition. It was it was it was you know if I can has one signature success, it's the introduction of, of significant competition into the space. Um, and so now, as as we're considering adding thousands of new domains, uh, the, there there are some people who are asking to reopen this question of whether structural separation is necessary. Um, uh, one of the interesting places this comes up is, for instance, uh, a, a lot of brand owners, um, or excuse me, a lot of big companies may be trying, may be bidding for their own name. Right, mm-hmm. as 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 a as a as a, as a GTLD. Uh, so let's just take Microsoft. Say Microsoft were to bid on dot Microsoft and to were to win dot Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Does it make sense that they would have to be the registry for that and then contract out to a registrar to sell names only to them? You know, um, it sort of doesn't doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Um, and, and then the question becomes, where is the bar get set? Right um, uh, for these new TLDs, some people say, some people say, no, you know, we should just eliminate the the line altogether. That 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 there should be that vertical integration should be allowed. That we now we you know that that the that the structural separation that existed uh, previously um, or that exists currently has done its work, and that with all these new demands, it's not necessary anymore. Other people say say that that it should be allowed, except for in com. Uh, or in the larger domains, um, so there's a really wide range of debate, and you know this is another thing that has the potential to sort of dramatically impact the marketplace. Um, you know, if 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 the current structure where uh, where registrars act as retailers and they're competing uh, amongst themselves and, and and working with with sort of registries as suppliers, if that structure is fundamentally changed, uh, it'll be really interesting to see where the market goes. Wow. And, and um, any new developments in the areas of uh, CCTLDs? Because I know from, from an, a standpoint of, uh, of value and, and historic landmark uh, sales uh, reflecting an increase uh, of value and a market heating up, uh, CC, CCTLDs are, are suddenly you know, on fire. So any kind of takeaways regarding what might impact or affect owners of uh, country codes? 
Yeah, no, a lot of stuff going on in the CC world always. Um, uh, I I think the biggest thing in CCTLDs, and it's not specifically a CCTLD issue, but it's it's going to be the most. It's going to be the probably the thing for for people outside the domain world, right? People outside of the domain world, the the aspect of new domains that will have the biggest impact in the larger world is the introduction of internationalized domain names. Um, currently, um, you can have only ASCII characters after the dot, right? So you can have a non-ASCII, say, Chinese script or, or a Cyrillic script uh, uh, second-level domain, but it has to end in, in you know, uh, an ASCII domain. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so that now is is going to be changed. Right. We are soon, uh, very soon, going to have uh, non-ASCII uh, top-level domains. Which for the listeners that, out there, if you don't know what ASCII is, that's your character set, like you know your A, B, C, D. Uh, sure. Your your and I, I should probably so non non-Latin is probably the easier yeah. way to say it, right? Non, uh, you know, our, our, our traditional English alphabet, the, the Latin alphabet, sort of uh, used in much of Europe. Um, uh, that alphabet is the only alphabet that ASCII character set um, with, with that with that that Latin al- alphabet is the only character set that can be used after the dot. Currently, under the under the current protocol, um, uh, the technology exists to have non-ASCII characters after the dot, but it hasn't been implemented yet. Um, it's going to be implemented, uh, and then there's a lot of and, and there's a, a huge sort of subsuite of questions under the under this under this uh, this idea of the the IDNTLDs because that that's really where the growth is, right? You have just it, just look at the numbers, right? We have a billion people in India. Uh, uh, who have, you know, and there's, you know, I think, something like 12, 13, 14 different scripts in that country. That's just scripts. That's not languages, right? Um, uh, you know, Russia, China, you know, these are places where people currently, uh, the whole uh, uh, Arabic-speaking world, uh, people currently can't use their alphabet to, 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 to type in a URL, and, and pretty soon they're going to be able to. Um, one of the huge questions uh is the country code operators, because there's a lot of debate over this. Uh, for instance, one of the debates is if someone if someone wants to operate a sort of Chinese language version of an existing domain, let's say .info, should uh, the existing operator of .info have the presumption of operating the new non-ASCII version of .info? Uh, which obviously would have a benefit, a pretty substantial benefit for continuity of the domain, or should it be should someone else get to run it, which obviously creates problems for continuity, but maybe creates more competition. So these kinds of questions are being debated now, um, and and we sort of haven't arrived at the answer. It, while those questions are being debated, the CC operators have basically said, look, we want a fast track, which is to say. We don't have those kind of issues in our space, and we want to fast-track so that we can create IDNCCs that aren't going to have a bunch of debate over them, right? Because if you operate .cn for China, um, then nobody's going to argue your right to, uh, or or nobody has a legitimate argument to your right to offer the the Chinese character version of .cn, right? Um, so we, they say, look, we have fewer issues. We want to put our stuff on a fast track so that we can get these things to market um, uh, as soon as possible. Um, 
some people in the GTLD community, though, say, look, you know, if you do that, you're basically going to be locking literally billions of users into CCs because they'll have a, a pretty stark choice of either not having IDNs or having IDN CCs, and those are going to be the only two choices while they work out the issues with IDNGs. IDA and GTLD. Sorry, I'm talking. If, if I say too many acronyms, just stop me. But um, so this is a big debate right now: is is this fast track question, and 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 how much sooner do CCTLDs get to go to market than GTLDs? So that's one of the. I think that's probably really one of the most interesting issues right now. Um, the next, you alluded to the next uh, ICANN meeting, which I, I know by virtue of this contract expiring in September will be. Uh, Will be after that, uh, and you mentioned somebody that's going to be in Seoul. Um, yes. Do you, do you have any sort of insight as to uh, what is major topics that we should have on our radar looking forward? Uh, maybe continuing on with the stuff that we've talked about here tonight, or, or new issues that are going to be on the board for the uh, the Seoul uh, ICANN meeting. Any uh, any insight to that? Well, you know, ICANN is a very it's a, it's 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 a very iterative process, right? You get you, you, it's it's when I was a journalist covering ICANN, it could be very very frustrating to write a story about an ICANN meeting because the story would often be people argued and agreed to have a policy development process, which isn't the, isn't isn't the best lead, right? Um, and and really that happened at this meeting, not other than the. Uh, uh, appointment of Rod Beckstrom as CEO, which was a concrete thing, and the approval of the FY 2010 budget. Uh, nothing really happened at this meeting, although a lot happened, right? So, so uh, it takes time to work through these processes. Um, and regardless of what happens with the JPA agreement and 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 when and uh, uh, the U.S. government, uh, and I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of of heat over that issue, regardless of what the decision is this summer. Um, when ICANN meets in October, uh, all the issues we talked about today are, are, are still on the table, and they're even more pressing, right? Because, you know, it's, t- it's, it's taking a while, you know? I mean, right. and, and, and this is the complaint with people who are basing new business models on these new TLDs is that it's taking a while, right? And ICANN is feeling an urgency uh, to get new TLDs to market. Um, and uh, and and so they have to they have to resolve these issues, right? And and so so I think in Seoul, what you'll see is a really heavy focus on the IDN and new TLD issues. Uh, I think sort of secondary issues will be will remain secondary, and and the real focus is going to be on on what what new TLDs look like. And what'll be really interesting is the extent to which I can draws on the recommendations made by this this IRT group um, uh, in in making its final determination you know what to what extent they they they, they take those those recommendations or the board or or, or the, the relevant um, constituencies uh, take those recommendations and use them to, to do policy or or, or or whether they're they're just they're vacated because they're so controversial it, it's hard to say what's going to happen but it certainly will be interesting well, David, you've been a wealth of information and excellent guest on tonight's Domain Masters. Really appreciate the update that you've given us on the ICANN meeting and the historic implications of this meeting and things that certainly 
uh, anyone with a vested interest, which pretty much includes all of us, and uh, domain names uh, should be paying attention to these issues, uh, follow them, uh, weigh in on them where, you, where there needs to be some, uh, some input from the public. Um, it's important that we all follow these and keep our eyes wide open. really appreciate you being on the show. Just before we break, though, I do, uh, or close the show, I do want to ask you if you just take just a moment to tell us just a little bit about the uh, organization that you're a part of, 463 uh, Communications. So uh, 463 Communications is a, is a uh, consultancy, and we deal mostly with uh, technology clients. Um, uh, we have offices in uh, Washington, D.C. and in uh, Silicon Valley. Um, and uh, and it's sort of obviously I, I personally have a real strong interest um, uh, in, uh, in, in the Internet governance issues, uh, which I've dealt with really since 1999 when I first started covering ICANN. Um, so, but we cover, we work on a wide range of technology issues, and in, in Washington, in our Washington office, we really try to help our clients a lot with navigating the, the, the policy landscape, uh, which really I think is, is, is where my expertise is and, 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 and where we'd like to sort of add value. Um, uh, we're online at uh, 463.com, uh, our favorite domain. Um, and I, I would just add, uh, if I could, uh, just to follow on your point of, of getting involved, it's, it's really important that people participate in the ICANN process. If you have a concern about this stuff, if this, anything I said or you know, triggers something that bothers you, you know, the, the thing, whether you, you love or hate ICANN or whatever your concern is with ICANN, you can't say that it doesn't provide an opportunity to weigh in. Right, uh, you can argue about how it how it takes those recommendations and the extent to which it uses the recommendations, but it definitely provides an opportunity for members of the community uh, to weigh in. So I, I would really encourage people to get online at ICANN.org and and see what comment periods are open on issues that matter to them, and and really just start submitting comments. You know, you know, say say what matters to you and what matters to your business and what matters to the things. Uh, that you want to accomplish on, on, online because your your opinions are extremely valid, uh, and I can need that contribution. Excellent. Well, David, I appreciate again you being on the uh, uh, domain masters here tonight. You've been a wealth of information, and uh, the, the people that uh, you consult for are in good hands. I think based upon uh, the way that you communicate and, and the way that you're observing the industry. So, really appreciate you sharing your uh, your knowledge and and uh, insight uh, with us here tonight. Absolutely. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Folks, again, you're listening to Domain Masters here tonight. You've been listening to David McGuire, who's Vice President of 463 Communications. Um, I invite you to come back uh, each and every week at the same time to listen to Domain Masters. You're listening to it on webmasterradio.fm. Again, Victor Pitts, uh, listening to Domain Masters, where you learn to be the master of your domain. Have a good night, folks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.